Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report, um, episode number 34. It is uh, 7 in the morning on Wednesday, December 8th, uh, or January 8th, January 8th, 2020. Um, It's been like uh, actually a whole month basically since the last one because I think the last one I put up on December 9th. Um, So a lot to talk about apparently. Obviously, the whole holiday season has come and gone now since the last episode. Um, it was pretty quiet and pretty enjoyable uh, for me here. Um, I think the last time I'd spoken about like holiday parties, and um, I think we had our work party. Uh, I enjoy holiday parties because it's just fun to get together and celebrate with people, I think. So let's see. What holiday parties happen? Well, the the big one that's happened since the last episode aired or published was um, my friends Eric and Debbie um, on the next block on DeGraw Street had their annual meatball party. Um, Eric is of Swedish descent and every year makes um, literally hundreds of Swedish meatballs, um, like hundreds and hundreds of Swedish meatballs, and they just keep coming out throughout the evening. And... Um, along with lots of other great stuff like gravlocks and all sorts of um, fish and cookies and this and that. And um, anyway, I think I've been going to his meatball parties for like a decade now, and I think these were the best meatballs he ever made. And he said he did something a little different this year, and um, I think he said he used less butter, but it worked. Great meatballs, not that they were ever not great, but they were even greater this year. So that was fun, and... um, did the usual thing where Julie and Oliver come early, as do my nieces, and then at some point the nieces, the kids all go home. And uh, I think this this year Julie took Oliver and the girls back here, and uh, me and my uh, brother and sister-in-law, Drew and Myung, stayed. And um, I stayed pretty late, and my friend Dave Sirwicky was in town. Dave is... Uh, uh, former New York resident, sometimes New York resident, sometimes resident of Prague, and um, and always a sometimes resident of Cheshire, Connecticut, which is a town that I spent three years in as a child, um, a place that I uh, love very much, beautiful little town, um, just north of New Haven. Anyway, Dave was in town. He decided to spend a weekend in Brooklyn. Um, his brother Jim has... Uh, still keeps his apartment um, around here, I think, on President Street, um, which I went to once to watch the World Cup in, like, 2006 or something. Anyway, so Dave was in town. We went to Bar Great Harry Friday night. Then we went to this the meatball party Saturday. And then um, at the end of the party, uh, things were just going full strength. So we went to Bar Great Harry again quite late and um, met Pete there, my friend Pete. He was at some other party in the city. Anyway, that was some good holiday partying. Um, And then for the actual holidays, uh, Julie's parents came up, so we had our big Christmas uh, dinner at Buttermilk Channel, and um, that was great. Then we we opened presents actually earlier in the day. Um, Then dinner at Buttermilk Channel, and and then the odd thing is they drove back to Baltimore, and Julie and Oliver went with them. And so I got two days here alone, which is um, rare and was quite pleasant because I got to do things I never get to do, like watch TV at, like, say, 6 p.m., which I never get to do because 
the TV is either occupied by Oliver or off for some um, reason. And um, yeah, so that was a, that was a nice calming break, I think, for everyone too. And um, then I rented a car on Christmas Day. So the only places open to rent vehicles on Christmas Day, it turns out, are um, at the airport. So went out, took the A train out to JFK. And fortunately for me, um, my friend Howard was also driving to Baltimore. Um, so he tagged along. So I had a, a, a road trip buddy. Um, so drove to Baltimore Christmas Day, spent two nights in Baltimore, um, went to the Hamden Christmas Lights, which is this one block, 34th Street in Hamden, Baltimore. And it's kind of like their Diker Heights, except it's only one block long. But for like 30 years, the people on this block have been decorating their houses in crazy over-the-top fashion. And it was really nice to see. Um, drove back and uh, that was kind of the holidays. Didn't even do too much the week of New Year's, just hanging around the neighborhood. But um, the uh, there w- I did play a show, which I'll get to in the music section um, in, a, in a minute here. But um, see, other than that, so any parent will tell you that like after a long holiday break, they're worried about the kids going back because, to school because you know they're so used to not going to school and they don't want to go back. And we were very concerned about Oliver going back. But um, the first day of school back was Thursday, January 2nd. So the 2nd and 3rd, he went back. Then there was a weekend and then Monday again. Um, unbelievably, well, I mean, I guess believably, but just... It was a pleasant surprise to hear that he had a great day the first day back. He had a second great day the second day back. And he has now continued. He's up to four great days in a row. And this is after not having many great days at all, all fall, because he just kind of doesn't like school and doesn't like doing work, except that he can very much do the work. Um, So that's a relief. But um, I don't know what it is, but he's having a great time and I'm, my, I'm surmising that he's realizing that it takes less effort to actually do work and participate. And you also, of course, get rewarded with everyone giving you, <laughs> um, noticing and giving you sort of great remarks about it, both his teachers and um, us. So this is great and I hope it continues. And I'm really hoping this has oddly been some sort of big turning point, but he's great. I mean, he was always happy to walk to school, even when he didn't want to go, like skipping along down Union Street. But um, no, now it's like we get home, pick him up, and he's had great days. So um, I hope that continues. So that's been the big news. And then let's see. Yeah, I guess that that's it. And still no snow this year. I'm waiting for the first snowfall, but it hasn't really happened, except for like a few bare flurries at some point. Anyway, let's see. Turning to uh, music, um, I haven't listened to too much new stuff at all. I don't know why, but um, I had I did go see a couple of shows. I went to Yola Tango. I went to night three of their Eight Nights of Hanukkah um, at the Bowery Ballroom. So, as you know, I was alone for two days, and since I was alone for two days, um, I said, "Oh, well, I'm going to go to one of these Yola Tango shows." And I'm going to go on a night that I'm usually not free, which is Christmas Eve. And so the aforementioned Howard, who was also here alone without um, his girlfriend, and he came along too. So we went to Yola Tengo on Christmas Eve, Hanukkah night three. 
and it was great. And as you may or may not know, Yola Tango is known for bringing out these surprise guests and surprise openers and surprise comedians um, every night of Hanukkah, and they don't announce it until the doors open at 7.30, and they literally post a little sheet at the front door of the venue saying, here's tonight's lineup. So we got there, and the comedian was David Cross, and the um, musical guest, the, the opening act was the Sun Ra Orchestra, which was fantastic. I'd never seen them, and they are great, and I highly recommend anyone go see them when you can. Um, I did not expect to enjoy it so much. I thought I would like be appreciative of them and, and, and sort of like enjoy it on, on an intellectual level, but man, they really get going, and they're so good. Oh, it was great. So then they came out about five or six songs in the Yola Tango set and and basically played the rest of the set with them. It was really interesting because six of them came out, not the entire orchestra, six horns. And um, and it's it, it was a combination of like having it being like having been pre-thought out and they had parts for every song. It was a combination of that as well as just straight improv. And I noticed that they improv like in this unusual way. They improv as a, as a whole, as a collective. And one of them was clearly leading, but... When they improv, they would all sort of find the same line and play together as if it wasn't like six horns soloing. It was very interesting. It just obviously comes from playing with each other so well and knowing each other so well and knowing the style of, like, the type of interplay they do so well. It was really impressive and just fun as heck. Um, David Cross was pretty funny. He did his character, Rabbi Alvin Sugarman, and he basically took questions from the audience about Judaism, and it was <laughs> it was actually very funny. Um, it also rekindled my sort of awareness that I sometimes have trouble going to comedy shows because um, of the element of heckling, which didn't happen here, but just like that that element could even happen makes me anxious. And uh, David Cross's set, which was all about improv and taking questions from the audience. And this is a very friendly audience. Um, even that gave me anxiety, but all went very well and it was very funny. And then as soon as it ended and there was no more chance for an anxiety-inducing incident, I enjoyed it even more in the immediate sort of like, you know, <laughs> reflection of it. So that was Yola Tengo. Um, let's see. On Friday the 27th, when I came back from Baltimore... Um, my band Garden of the Ark played at Three's Brewing, and that was a very um, fun, small family and friends show. Um, obviously, a lot of people were out of town for the holidays, so a lot of friends that usually like to come to our shows couldn't make it. But instead of that, we had a lot of family in town, not mine, but um, Baxter and Craig's family. Um, and they came, and it was great to play. And it was really fun, and we played a new song. Um, we've now added, I guess, three new songs to our original six that we first started playing with a couple of years ago and this new song might be my favorite one that Baxter and Craig have written it's um just really like awesomely 70s riffing I feel like I'm driving down some highway in the 70s with the windows down um it's great um and then the final musical thing I did over the over the holidays was I went to one of the fish shows at the garden I went to night two which is what I did last year night two the 29th and um Sat up in the um, Chase Bridges in section 321, which is the section of the Chase Bridges that's kind of like right behind the stage. And you are looking straight down onto the stage and it's oddly close. And the the sound is fantastic there. Um, 
I've been on the side chase bridges before too, and the sound isn't awesome, although it's still quite good. Um, but behind the stage, you have like these PA stacks sort of facing you, and it, it sounded great. Um, and as you may know from the chase bridges, there's only like three rows. That's it. So like, it's not like you're way up or anything. And, and the rows are all oddly separated too, kind of by plexiglass because they're so steep and high up. And uh, we had the first row. So it's just like no one in front of us, elbows leaning on the rail and looking down at the stage. And it was great. Um, not the rail, actually. It's plexiglass even at the front. Um, so Fish played a great show. It was, um, I would apparently it was a very good, not excellent but very good show according to the deep fish heads i know and i would agree with that um having seen one great fish show last year on the 29th i knew this one wasn't at that level but it was still still really good and it's fun to see and i feel like i've stumbled upon a new annual tradition here not to mention that i'm heavy back into fish for the first time since the early 90s and um i've been listening to um old fish shows that i went to in the 90s in the early 90s and um, keeping them on my phone and listening to them, listening to them while I run, um, which has been a lot of fun. And when when Trey on these old shows, when Trey speaks to the audience, I feel like, oh my gosh, I can remember him saying that now, even though I was like, you know, eighteen years old when I when, when I saw this this fish show back in you know nineteen ninety three nineteen ninety two. Um, so that's been fun. All right, turning now to books, I'm. In this weird funk where I haven't read a book since Dear Life by Alice Munro, I took out that design book from the library and I didn't read it at all. I opened it, flipped through it, and I was just overcome with this feeling that I didn't want to read it. So for the last month, I've actually not really read, which is okay because um, it's been so weird and busy and there's the holidays and then for two weeks I didn't do my normal commute and um, so I'm not holding a book, uh, but... Yeah, although that's not to say that I'm not reading at, at night. Um, but at night, sometimes I like to read books I've already read. I like to reread. So I was rereading Fifth Business by Robertson Davies, which is a book that's very important to me um, and is often the book that I just kind of blurt out as being, quote unquote, my favorite, if people ever ask that. Um, and I've also been rereading this week The Last Temptation of Christ by Nikos Kassantzakis, which I do from time to time because it is the most incredible, gripping book. It's so, so good. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I have been reading. And then Sunday, this past Sunday, I went out for about 90 minutes because I need to get out of the house because um, everyone was going stir-crazy and Oliver was going stir-crazy and he did not want me around, which is totally fine with me. Like he gets in these phases where he's like, okay, I just want to be with mommy only. And that's, I'm like, okay, well, I've been here with you four straight hours playing and cleaning up the Christmas tree. So I'll go for a walk. And I went to walk down the other half for an, one small 10 ounce glass of very strong beer. And then I walked up to Bar Great Harriet and had a beer there with um, my friend Greg. And then um, I was walking home around, um, I guess, 530 or so. And I was walking up um, Sackett Street and on a stoop, actually not a stoop, on a driveway, there's three houses in the middle of Sackett Street that have actual driveways and um, they're all connected. And there were two Bob Dylan books and they were by Paul Williams and it's called Bob Dylan, The Performances or The Performing Artist. And they're like critical essays, chapters of like talking about his albums and live shows. And um, 
there was the early years and the middle years, and I picked those both up and took them home. And I guess there's a late years too, which I'll have to get now. And um, I started reading the middle years on the subway home last night, and it is fantastic. It's great, and I feel like this is a really great Dylan reference to keep on the shelf. Um, it's very like chapter and prose and prose, you know, laid out in straight prose. So it's not like you can flip through and look at dates. It's not like a reference book, but it is like written in chronological order, and it tells you what he did, not only how he made the music, who's involved, and also this guy Paul Williams tells you about what he thinks and critically, and he also tells you what the critical and sort of public consensus was too. So you get this sort of like overview. So yeah, it's Paul Williams, his book on Dylan. Obviously, there's no shortage of book on, books on Dylan, but these looked great. They read great, and I did a quick little research on the internet and saw that they are very well received books and were very well thought of. So I was like, okay, I will keep reading these. Um, And the other books I have on the horizon are um, this book, And Then We Grew Up on Creativity, Potential, and the Imperfect Art of Adulthood by a person named Rachel Friedman. So I know about this book because my friend Meg, who's an editor at Penguin Random House, posted on Instagram that this book was coming out. She edited it. Um, It came out last Friday, I guess Friday, January 3rd. And I have a copy on loan at the library. And um, she is also, Meg is hosting a Q&A with the author Rachel Friedman at Greenlight Books on Thursday, January 9th. And I am considering going if I can go, if it makes sense, um, to make it over there for 7.30. Uh, the other thing is my friend Janelle will be here. And um, so I may, I may in town, she may, she'll be in the neighborhood at Books Are Magic that night. I had thought about hanging out with her, but we'll see, because I kind of want to go see this reading. So we'll see what I do. But either way, I'm going to read the book. And the book is essentially about people who are creative and had a creative path early in life or do stuff, but then like they've taken on jobs or they've taken on life paths that are less creative. And it's about how they use that creativity in their less creative, quote-unquote, worlds. And I mean, for example, I think that someone like me who was kind of a full-time musician for a while and then step back and now do the music music stuff sort of more like as a side thing, as a passion project and like have a more quote like day-to-day job where it's less, you know, creative, but I'm I guess this book is going to show me or I'll be able to refer, reflect on how I use that creativity that's already inside to apply it to these, you know, on the surface less creative pursuits. So I'm really interested in that. That'll be great. Um, and that's sort of like the final thing. There's kind of like the next dead night at Three's Brewing is on Wednesday the 15th. That'll be fun. We didn't get our merch done in time, but that's okay. The merch is that we have in mind is more springtime. So springtime themed. So we'll have the merch done for February, March or something. Um, but they're going to be tie-dyed hats, I think, and they are going to be quite cool. Um, other than that, that's it. It's I can hear Oliver stirring in his room. I think he's about to wake up, so I'm going to cut this off before he comes running out of the room. But um, I guess that's it. I'll try and do this more frequently now. The holidays were a weird time. But um, yeah, so this has been the Conrad Life Report, Wednesday, January 8th, 2020, from my favorite chair in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, episode 34. We'll see you back soon, I hope, for episode 35. Um, Take care.